You're listening to the Brown Girl Rising podcast, a podcast created with you in mind. I'm Urvashi and I'm here to share stories and bring inspiring brown women to the forefront. These women are women who have been changing the narrative, breaking down cultural barriers and have been through trauma or realised that they have more to offer in this lifetime. We're all about rising up here and living your purpose. So enjoy, rise up and live your best life. Welcome to the Brown Girl Rising podcast. Today I have a guest that I feel needs no introduction. But if you've been hiding behind the sofa or inside your armchair, then let me introduce you to the incredible Dulce Vagiani. AKA Dulcie Divine on Instagram. Now, most of you will know Dulcie as the little girl who at 10 years old survived a plane crash in India in which she also lost her entire immediate family. That's her mum, her dad and her brother. Only to then wake up and not recognise herself in the mirror and have to start navigating life again, looking completely different. Now, I personally know her to be a fierce, strong and independent woman with so much drive and compassion to change the narrative for future generations. Dulce is someone who lives and breathes authenticity to the core. Dulce, you're a spiritual coach, you're a DEI advocate, you're a trauma healer, a Reiki practitioner, an influencer, a model, honestly, the list goes on. But at the core, you're an inspiration to women and girls all over the world. Um, and you inspire them to love themselves deeply. So look, you are the first guest on the Brown Girl Rising podcast. And I'm honored to have you on this rebranded podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, you. <laughs> you know, to have you here doing all of that stuff and still have you here today talking to me, genuinely honored. So the first question I'm going to ask you is what does it mean to you to be unlimited? Well, before you even answer that one, just want to say what an introduction (laughs) (laughs) that's a bit of a mouthful and more than that you know huge congratulations on this new sort of new level and energy that you're rising into and I'm so honored that I'm one of your first guests in this brown girl rising because as the title says brown girls are now rising so they really are answering your question what does it mean to be unlimited it just means to live from the true authentic self unapologetically being yourself you know whatever gift you bring to this world shining that gift and owning it Mm. so basically taking full ownership of who you are is what is being unlimited Mm. I love that I genuinely love that so you say to be your most authentic self so tell me who is your most authentic self my authentic self is just every day I just get to just be me and I'm not fighting me I'm not, you know, there's no anxiety, there's no depression, there's just completely living in the now. It's whatever my path is going to be and whatever I'm destined to do, Mm. if I'm consistently fighting, those things can't get to me soon enough, right? Mm. So there'll be like a faraway goal. But the moment I become present, those goals are much more closer. Mm. And where I've surrendered to life is... What I mean by that is I'm just going with the flow, you know, all those titles you rolled off earlier, they are things that I embody, but it's not who I am. You know, I'm 
just a spirit living in this human form and I'm just getting to do basically what I've always said is I've come here to do God's work and I'm not here to make friends I've just come to do my job and my job is basically out is living my purpose which is to spread love compassion and equality across the globe and fundamentally so cliche but inner peace Mm, I love that I love that you say that you're open to just receiving and you're not pushing for things there's no like there's no end goal the goal is just to live and be present and just be like genuine to who you are at the soul and whatever comes comes and you will make the best of it and in fact you'll probably thrive you'll see absolutely you know and that's it's like the thing and I've always got a forever bucket list so it's like <laughs> today our bucket list is I'm recording a first podcast in your new new name should we say and yeah. there you go it's a bucket list do you know what I mean it's a yeah. forever bucket list it's not a it's not a goal it's not you know this worst question what do you see yourself doing in five years who cares <laughs> five years is a long time away like I barely know what I just did 10 minutes ago who cares like that, mm, it's that it's very true <laughs> yeah. it's five years and the, the thing is it's okay have some goals not an issue but when you don't get there and then you persecute yourself because life will happen it's uncertainty is always around the corner curveballs are there they're called curveballs for a reason right yeah so your five-year plan might not go to plan and that's okay but I don't have a five-year plan because my biggest plan is just to stay alive as much as possible so I can complete my job and that's I love that. that's I my love goal that. I love that so you don't have a five-year plan and I guess you know when the incident happens we're going to take it back a little bit you know yeah. that wasn't in the plan maybe it was God's plan but it wasn't in your plan and I know when you came out of that you used the word ugly I read um on your Instagram and across different um platforms that others would associate that word with you after the accident now can I ask how as a 10 year old girl um you navigated this word for one and your new reality yeah so the word ugly became my normality because after my accident, I sustained burns to my face and body. Waking up, you know, after they removed the bandages from my eyes and to see this face in the mirror, that wasn't me, you know. And I was a prankster growing up. I was quite boisterous and sort of that bully in the playground who fought bullies. So mm. I was that person. And image wasn't a thing for me at that time, you know. Like growing up in sort of the 80s stroke 90s, it was early 90s, it wasn't a thing. But suddenly it was a thing because now I look different. Yeah. And as I'm discharged from hospital, it's the name calling, the bullying and all of that starts. So although the internally I'm feeling that Dulce, externally I don't look like her. And when I hear the word ugly, I didn't actually know what that meant until I looked it up in the dictionary and I went, oh, okay, so if I look this way, it means I'm ugly. Okay, right. Because I've heard it a lot. I've heard it more often than I've heard beautiful. I adopted that word and it became, I internalized it. Became your reality. Was my reality, you know, and Mm. that's basically everything I saw was that. So although I smiled my way through life and people saw this light, I didn't because all I saw was ugly. And it took a long time because that's all I kept hearing. Then I started to hear the word beautiful, but it, by this stage, it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, And it, 
it's only in the last what 10 years that word has changed now for me Mm. so it's not like it's a long time ago so to speak it's only 10 years ago Mm. and in those 10 years it's only in the last five years that that word is out of my sort of realm yeah so it's the the point of all of this is until you don't feel something because the world can tell you everything until you don't feel it it means nothing so tell me what makes you feel beautiful today now that you've adopted this word what makes me feel beautiful I think to just see all to see beauty around me mm-hmm. in in sense of nature you know I, I know when when you're growing up it's all cliche nature nature is beautiful this and that but when you're young like and we're consumed nature is not something that captured me so to speak right no but when I started to do the whole mindfulness meaning like just coming home to myself more and more it's in the simplicity of life is where beauty is so for me one of the one of my favorite sounds is children's laughter Mm. that grounds me right back and it's the most beautiful sound next to the sound of om the sound of om is not just because I grew up in a sort of a Hindu Sanatam Dham type of way, but the sound is so vibrating in the body. It's my most ultimate sound. So it, that's what's beautiful for me. Sound is beautiful. And then the laughter in children is beautiful. And the biggest thing is watching people thrive mm. in their journey from where I saw them to where they are. That gives me so much joy. You're such an advocate for people, aren't you? I love that. I love it. I love yeah. it. It's, it is like your soul is completely beautiful. Do you know what I mean? And take that, receive that with grace. Um, I want to talk. <laughs> I want to talk about cultural and social barriers that you faced along the way. Obviously, being an Indian girl, just being an Indian girl, we have loads of barriers, right? And we have loads of cultural things that affect us culturally. On top of that, you have your burns from the accident. So culturally in society, I can imagine that it was really hard for you. So do you have any examples of cultural barriers that you faced along the way and how you maybe navigated that? Yeah, I mean, look, so growing up, obviously no one I knew that looked like this and especially being brown. um, It was not in the media. It was not in the magazines. So constantly looking at women in magazines or TV or film and not looking like them instantly felt like a failure. And then growing up, I went on to live with my grandparents and, you know, they watched these sort of Bollywood films, et cetera. And their comparison of beautiful to those actresses, I was constantly compared. I mean, even a Bollywood actress doesn't look like a Bollywood actress. (laughs) Strip away her makeup and everything. You know, she doesn't look like what we see in the film. So not only that, she's obviously navigating her own insecurities and own her own stuff. And yet I'm being compared to that as beautiful. Mm. I'm never going to look like that. That's the point. But I was never meant to. But that's mm. what I kept getting compared to. And then everywhere I went, I was always compared to someone beautiful all the time. Mm. Where I was never living up to that, of course, I felt like a really crap human being because if I don't look like any of these beautiful people, who am I? What am I kind of constantly trying to strive towards? So that's why I became far removed from who I was as self. Yeah. You know, because we're all trying to adopt being somebody else that we're not. And 
So growing up with that, growing up with always image related. Oh, you've put on a bit of weight. Oh, you're fat. Oh, you've got scars. I don't know if you're going to meet anyone. Oh, you know, it's constant rejection. Like that's mm-hmm. all I remember culturally was constant rejection. Yeah. Yes, in one aspect, rejection is redirection. That's lovely. But when you're a child rejected, it's a lot because already I felt rejected by my parents, mm. left me, then almost the world rejecting me. So it's almost like, what do you do with this little girl who's got this sort of weight of the world on her shoulders? What what do I do there? Do you know, that's yeah. because that's where the turmoil was. That's what my version of depression looked like. Yeah. The, world, the weight the weight of the world on my shoulders, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, so I was living up to cultural stuff. Then again, we're living in a Western society. So we're integrating two cultures here. So one, that yep. in itself is difficult. Um, seeing my friends around me from not a sort of brown culture and they're living their best life and not having to have these sort of, you know, tough sort of upbringings. And they're like, Tools, but yeah, you're beautiful. You can do anything. It's like, no, I don't think you're getting the point here. So much limitation was put upon me. Expectations were put upon me. Mm. And every expectation that was put upon me, I smashed those. But yet I was still never good enough. And that's where that comes from is, okay, so I set you this task, but oh, well. And yet you put your whole heart into it, you know. And as a child, I did that. And all it was because I was seeking. I was seeking love or seeking something, validation or whatever it was as a child. So I kept meeting other people's expectation all the time. But what happens with that is it comes at a cost of our own self, right? That own mental well-being, physical, spiritual, mental, Mm. emotional. So I paid a price. I paid a price for being compared. And I'm I'm not the only one, right? This is quite a common theme amongst us brown girls it is constant comparison if it's not in your own family like oh your sister or your brother can do this why can't you if it's not that it's somebody else if your cousins yeah magazine if it's not a magazine it's somewhere yeah I mean my biggest one was when you go to a wedding and obviously you know you can see I'm not the smallest girl and I'd go to a wedding and like mussies and aunties they'd be like oh you've got such a pretty face or if only you were slimmer you know and for as you're saying for a 14 year old girl at the time that's like you're calling me fat and I'm going through puberty I've just grown boobs like how is that even fair just started my period like how can you say that to a young girl so yeah and it's it's so horrible like that's the thing that really grates me so even when I hear it now, I will call it out. I will call it out because no girl, I mean, no one should, but under the age of 18 should have to go through this, you know, in that respect, because there's so much going on in their body. I didn't even know what adolescence was. When I was going through it, I couldn't even have that. I couldn't even have a proper experience being an adolescence because the expectation was far more intense mm. but like you say you know the boobs grow body changes weight this that periods you name it I had that on top of my loss on top of my scars on top of being compared when was my break gonna ever happen but they they felt it was okay to put that on me yeah 
did you feel like it was because of your scars and because of your loss of your parents and your family? It could be a thousand and ten things, right? Us, yeah. It, it could be so many things. Could it have been different if my folks were here? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But I was confident prior to my accident. That's all I know. Mm. I, Like I said, that age and time and generation, image wasn't a thing. No. Even the kind of clothes I wore. I mean, what we deem tomboy, like what a stupid word to be honest anyway. But, but I was just not into girly type of clothing. And yet... You know, so image in that respect wasn't anything to me. I wasn't, I'm that girl, you know, fun fact, I don't iron my clothes. Hey, ho. Same. <laughs> I'm happy to walk out to the most bougie event with creased clothes. Do you know why? Because I don't care. And that's who I was prior to my accident. Mm-hmm. So this non-image con- conscious girl at the age of 10 or just before 10, you know, I think we were pretty much born at the same time. So shell suits, I don't even remember them. Yeah. I used to no, shop. I didn't allow, I wasn't allowed to wear them, but I do remember okay. them. Okay. So I used to shop in Top Man and wear baggy jeans and baggy yep. tops from Top Man. I was not a top shop girl at all. <laughs> so I get that. It was just no image. And even like going into my teens, I would wear these baggy jumpers and baggy jeans and I had a mustache. <laughs> I used to try and bleach. It's it's hard being an Indian girl, actually, especially when you come from a family that has dark hair, right? Yep. And it's a constant image pressure because we had an image to live up to. So we were bleaching our skin, we were shaving our hair, we were constantly beautifying ourselves externally all the time. So that pressure was there from a young age, you know, to live up to this image. And now when we're whatever age we're in now, and we still have to do some of those things, not have to, but, you know, we feel pressured to do some of those things and yet we don't want to. And then we're Mm. fighting ourselves. Like, can I be bothered shaving? No. But then sometimes like, okay, look, I can see one hair, I'll shave. Like, why? (laughs) Phil, I've spent thousands on laser hair removal because (laughs) of my childhood. I promise you that much. You're not the only one, right? It's a common theme, isn't it? It really is. It really is. So I want to ask you today, as the woman you are now, going back to meet that 10-year-old girl after everything that happened, what guidance or words of advice, if anything, would you give her to get her through what she was about to face? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest conversations I've always had with my 10-year-old self is, it's all going to work out. Just be kind to yourself. Mm. everything everyone's putting on you is just pure projection of their insecurities it's got nothing to do with you um none of it's personal it's just their shit that they're putting on you Mm. because you're an easy target um that's why they're doing it but it had nothing to do with you there's nothing for you to change about yourself and it is all gonna work out and just hold tight Mm. hold tight life never prepared you for this but what life did give you was all the tools you ever needed. But now is your time to dig in deep, find them and use them. Wow. And that's what I would say. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's incredible. Um, that's absolutely beautiful. I want to know then, how is your little girl today? I know you you mentioned previously that, you know, she's pretty happy. She's playful. How is she? 
talk to me. She's living her best 10-year-old self-life, man. <laughs> she's she's thriving. She's thriving. She's buzzing. She's, yeah, here to rock the world, change the world, change the narratives. You know, she's not here to conform. She's not here to, it is the way it is. Nope. It doesn't feel right. She's changing it, and that's it. I love that. She's a little thriver, isn't she? Oh, she is. And, you know, you know the most amazing thing with Rashi is, like, when I was growing up, like, with my dad and my mom, I remember always fighting with mom quite a lot and kind of being, not she was trying to conform me, but it was like, let's just be linear about life. And my brother was a good boy who had his cereal and toast in the morning and I want you to eat crisp. And then we'd fight. And she's like, oh, I can't deal with you. And then at the head teacher's office constantly, you know, because I'm like I said, I'm fighting the bullying in the playground, get sent to the head teacher. And all I keep saying to head teachers, please don't tell my mom because I won't get my Friday treats. <laughs> and then I still get my Friday treats. And as we're going up the stairs to go sleep, I'd sit at the top of the stairs and I literally hear my mom and dad laughing almost to the point of what are we going to do with her? <laughs> I love that. What are we like? They'll laugh. What do we do with her? Because they and know you, you're going to change the world. And, you know, like my dad used to call me a fry, firecracker. Mm. I didn't really know what it meant until one day I heard it not so long ago. And I went, oh, my God, that's what he used to call me. So I was a firecracker even then. Lost my way in between. As most of us can relate, life happens in the middle. Absolutely. And then now we're here and come back to who we were always meant to be, you know. And that's what I am. I am a firecracker. I'm very outspoken. I will defend myself. But not only that, if something ain't, ain't, oh God, what terrible English. <laughs> is it right? I apologize. If something isn't right, I will call it out. Yeah. I will call it out. Um, I'm not here to accept cultural norms. I'm not here to accept it is the way it is. I'm not here to go, well, that's just us being Indian. No, thank you. Not for that. Mm-hmm. And any form of abuse is abuse if it's toxic it's toxic so like even family I don't believe in the word family meaning it's got to be you know who we were born into it means zero to me now and I say that very openly the connections I do have with the family I'm born into is because the individual yeah because it's a generic if there was abuse going on in that and abuse doesn't have to be sexual or physical and I will state that it's emotional, spiritual, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mental. I'm not there for that. I'm not there for that. Um, I will call that out. And I've even said to a lot of my friends who've got young families is if at any point when we're in engaging, you feel I'm toxic to your child for whatever reason, you are allowed to withdraw me from your friends. I mean, your child's life. And I put myself in that accountability because I might not feel like I'm toxic, but I may be. Right. That's a lot of self-awareness. Yeah. And there are not many people in this world who have that kind of self-awareness. Yeah, that's what I've been born with, though, you know, because I had so much self-awareness. That's why I was battling myself from a young age. Mm. Where I was self-aware, where I was so, why is this the way it is? No, this doesn't feel right. But I kept getting suppressed to dull my shine consistently and then one day you know when she just comes out of it you know when the higher self comes out and it's like haha you're gonna no one's gonna stop me now right like you and whose army have you met my one up there do you know what I mean 
I love it. And you have a big one here, but trust me, one up there is far (laughs) bigger than this planet. And, you know, that is my accountability to the world. Mm. I'm toxic. Call me out. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how we're going to change things by calling each other out? Because I might not know I'm toxic. That's very true. And you might say the same thing to somebody else. And one person may find it toxic, but the other person may be like, okay, that's actually fine. So we have to appreciate everyone receives us differently as well. Absolutely. And that's why I say to my friends, you know, with young children, only positive words should be spoken, language should be used. That's not Mm -hmm. to say things what happen in life. But if we have a, a positive vocabulary, that's when we can make changes. Because if we're going to consistently feed a child negative words, that's what they're going to grow up to be. 100%. Why not change that? So yeah, like I said, I take full ownership. I've got loads of self-awareness. And with that, I've healed traumas that even the most, like the most menial traumas, just so I can live this freedom that I'm living today. I love that. I love that. So I know before we did this podcast, we had a quick check-in on on um, WhatsApp and Instagram as well. And you said, you know, I am living my truth and I am my most authentic self. And I do want to talk about that. But before we get there, right, we've spoken about your rise from the depths. Like, you know, you could call it the dark soul of the night if you want to or whatever it's known as. Um, I do have one last question quite important question for you if that's okay yeah okay so as a spiritual coach you're a spiritual coach I'm a spiritual coach we have the understanding that our soul chose this path this planet this lifetime and signed a contract to accept the challenges and traumas in order to raise the consciousness of the planet right do you believe that everything you went through from that moment you woke up or from that moment the plane went down led you to your purpose today and do you genuinely believe you signed this contract a million percent there's no argument there's nothing to discuss talk about it yep full ownership full ownership everything that's happened is all meticulous Mm. all divine timing even the most grittiest toughest yuckiest stickiest moments of the in, in life chose them you know not only did I have a plane crash but I lost my kidneys at the age of 26 so you know um so I'm not only is my scars now but you know I'm fighting for life literally um and had a transplant um age 29 which was the most in fact that was more tougher than my accident because I'm on my own here you know Mm. it's sink or swim type of situation and only I can pull myself through yeah. wherever that will came from it came from and the most surreal experience happened which will make sense is in one of the, in one of the evening evenings when I was admitted because I was so ill you know in the ward at night if anyone's been in hospital it's so eerie but it's it's got this weird silence but it's got eeriness anyway um machines and people machines were going off and I see this image of Lord Krishna come up and I was like whoa like he was so real so real and I'm looking around the ward going can everyone see him and everyone's curtains are drawn or the lights are out and I'm almost just like I can palpate him you know he's that real wow and I'm on medication so I know like I have been hallucinating because I was on high levels but this was so real 
Now, I'm intelligent, but these aren't my words. And all I heard was, surrender onto me what you cannot control. Oh, my God. Now, I'm intelligent, but that's not my, those are not my words. Now, why would someone leave that for me? when all my life I've been fighting and fighting is because, you know, we fight against the control, don't we? It's the control, okay. control, control. And when I learned, now it didn't happen overnight, but when I learned it's not in my hands, something, some things are just going to happen the way they're meant to. What I can control, I will. What I can put mm. in my mouth, I can control that, right? I can control my thoughts, my, you know, certain things, but what's going on inside my body, I cannot control that. No. All right. So, when I started to learn that, life for me did get better. And that's what's heightened my spirituality. So in terms of soul contracts and, you know, had I signed up for this? Hell yeah. Because every time life has happened to me, I've never questioned why me. And it sounds weird when people ask me, oh, did you ever ask yourself why? I said, no. Was I meant to? Wow. All I, all I kept saying was, Okay, is this what you've got? Cool, right, next. And it's almost like an assignment. And how weirdly, I almost knew my soul had to keep having assignments in order to grow, but I didn't know that because I think, I don't know, it was, I don't know if that was a defense coping mechanism or if that was genuinely my soul just talking and going, yeah, cool, next, what's the next challenge? Go on, wow. is this what you've got? And in the last 10 years, when my spiritual journey happened, meaning the self-love, and I do these talks now, I know why I had to go through all of that, why I'm still healing traumas, mm. so that I, in these podcasts, in these talks, in these stages, in these arenas, I can give people their liberation. You I literally can... are one of God's warriors. And I'm blessed. I am so grateful because, you know, when they say, that, oh, he only gives it to these toughest soldiers or whatever, that's that sort of terminology. Mm. I truly believe that I was more than capable of all of this. Because like I said, I had the tools. I just had to dig deep to find them. Yeah. You don't even need to believe it, Also, You just are. Like, you can see it through your entire being. Like, you are more than capable of this yeah, and you were chosen the, to do you know, this you know the old self like who didn't yeah. know right like who was living up to the world's expectations etc yeah. I don't need that and I want to you know often when I left I'm left often when people leave me they're like my god you make that seem so possible and to me it's like if I can leave that for someone that's my job done that's amazing that's amazing so, so tell me how did you go from Actually, I want to talk about Krishna first. First of all, I just want to say that gave me the, my entire body went into, I started shaking and I got goosebumps. That's Every incredible. Time I, talk about, I get the same, you know, because like I said, I literally talk about, like I keep pointing here because that's where he was. Yeah. It's like, I can literally palpate him. I mean, he's been my best friend in my journey. I've never grown up religious as in, I don't do rituals or anything of that nature, but I always found him this you know he's got that um, aura where you know women were attracted to him right like the yeah. yeah and for me like I get that he's just this beautiful light beautiful teacher guide you know everything and what he embodies I get it and as I'm tra as my tra um, I'm traveling through this journey 
I'm understanding more and more of his essence, his words, his his everything. And that speech he does on the battlefield with Arjun and Mahabharat, the Bhagavad Gita, it's the most profound text. It's the most profound. It's my favorite book. You know, somebody wow. else watched your favorite book. That's is oh the Did like, you used to watch it when you were younger? It used to come on TV, didn't it? Yeah, I watched it and I've read it. And then I've, I've read the Gita seven times because every time I learn something different. Of course, I mean, my life is all, it's it's basically, it's a life written book about everyone. You know, everyone has got some character in that book that they relate to at mm. different parts of their life. Mm. It's all symbolic. So for me to read it every time, it's the same book same book but every time I'm I'm reading it I'm in a different space in my yeah. life different and you, yeah and you take something completely different from it which is incredible so that's where I've grown so yeah. yeah amazing so um I want to ask have you ever been able to connect to your parents and your brother and maybe get guidance from them as well yep. daily daily you know they um they're part of my guides you know mm. to deny that would be just absurd um like I said, my army, you know, I've got a huge yeah. army, not just mm-hmm. my ancestors, but, you know, ascended masters, angels, I'm protected. Come on, like the stuff that's thrown here, you know, this is not for the faint hearted. Not at and, all. You know, like I said, my army might not be big here in person because there's a lot of things I've had to do on my own that I have done on my own and mm. it's not a support system. Mm. I will you know, put this out there. I wish I had a support system in that, you know, when people talk, oh, you know, my friends and family were there for me and they did. The- mm. I can't say that in a grand scale. I'm not knocking those who did. Absolutely. I've got some team players here. Yeah. Things I've done on my own, which I couldn't even share with them. But my army up there never, never, never let me give up. Never. And I don't know what giving up looks. I don't, I've never had that moment. I, in fact, I had a discussion a few weeks ago. I was just being a little bit low. And when I feel low, I know something big's going to be coming up mm. in a good way. But when I was feeling low, I was like, what does it feel like to actually give up? And I asked myself, and obviously I asked a handful of my friends, I mean, my family, who who are my friends and family. And they go, Tulsi, you've never asked that before. And I went, I know. How weird. I've never stopped. In the 33 years post-accident, I've never stopped. I've mm. never stopped giving up. I, I always say in most of my posts, I've consistently showed up for myself inconsistently. That's the only consistency I've had is showing <laughs> everything else. I've never had consistency. Yeah. I've not had like a consistent partner or consistent this. It's always been itty bitty. No consistent mm. jobs. You know, nothing's been consistent. But what has been is I've shown up for myself. Whatever it looks like, I don't know. I'm curious. Um, have you ever had your human design read? Do you know your time of birth? Projector. Ah, okay, interesting. That's interesting that you have this energy then, but I guess you're talking about the inconsistencies. That's where projectors do need that space to kind of reconvene, to gather their thought, to decompress. So that makes complete sense. Amazing. Okay, so let's talk about how you went from those deepest, darkest parts to that bouncy, soulful, inspirational woman who is living her truth. Let's dig in. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, like, what, 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 what were the steps that bridged you from your highest, from your lowest self to your higher self? Uh, well, first and foremost, not overnight. <laughs> of course. 
um it's not overnight it's a lot of work it's a lot of checking in with yourself daily you know it's like it's not one of those like I'll do it once a week and then that's it it's I was doing it every day and it's like you know that whole thing like if you take it kind of in that analogy in the fitness world you should you do the consistent work every day you, it's going to pay off you can't see it sometimes immediately it's the same here mm. like I said I kept showing up for myself every whatever it looked like might be reading a book it might be seeing a quote that's on Instagram somewhere it might be me and you might have had a off convo and you might have said something it could have been um somebody I've seen like a Reiki master it could have been a thousand and ten people and things but it was like I said when I started reading the Gita and almost the Mahabharata and all just those type of books and other spiritual books like other religion books I started to look at and I go oh yeah I can see why I did that okay right so I start putting myself on these sort of team players and start seeing what my roles was why I was doing what I was doing why Mm. I was saying what I was doing and then I was like okay how do I change that how do I change it and then my thing was every day I didn't want to go sleep on an argument or this weird feeling so I started to rectify things so say I said something off to you and I know it didn't feel right oh my god I need to I need to text or I need to call and apologize so I did yeah. I took accountability. Course I started that around about 18, 19. Mm. Started taking accountability because, and that person might go, oh my God, I thought nothing of it. But I might have had kittens over it for the whole day because I'm a conscious, I'm a conscious person. Yeah. But, so I did that. Then I wanted to be a better person every day than I was yesterday. What can I do today that makes me a better person than I was yesterday? And that's been my drive. Another thing that sort of always kept me going is cause and consequences. Mm. If I do this, what are the outcomes? Do, 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 do. Okay, can I take that risk? Mm-mm-mm. Yes or no? And I live like that. So again, using conscious language was another thing. Mm. Um, then turning limiting words to unlimiting words. Yeah. You've got freedom, but you've got liberation. You've got abundant, you've got abundance. You know, there's certain things you can use. So I'm constantly changing that. Even if a friend comes to me and says, they might say, oh, this, that, and that. I'm like, oh, did you mean this, this, and this? They're like, oh, yeah, because I changed the language. Yeah. When you change the language, already instantly starts uplifting the energy. Absolutely. And like everything else, you know, we're always shedding. Mm-hmm. You know? Our physical skin sheds. So does our auric shell. So does so many other things, right? And as that's shedding... We're just getting lighter and lighter and lighter as we're traveling. Mm. And as we know, those who are here to really do the light worker jobs, they travel alone. Yes. Yes, they do have a group of people, apps, but there's certain things we have to do alone. And when you do, you build a different kind of skin. And that's where I'm now. Like, I don't need a team here to do what I need to do. Mm. and they're doing things in place absolutely amazing as a projector that'd be great <laughs> generators however you got me I'm a manifesting generator oh thank you thank you thank you there you go answers are anytime open. prayers are answered <laughs> so, yeah so you know I I need my team players in that respect what, mm. what I mean is my mission to do what I need to do is just mine alone 
Yeah. And I'm not scared to do it on my own. Do you know, and that's the difference. I feel that to the core because, you know, I'm also 42 and single. And at this moment in time, this is a step, something that's come up recently and kind of off, off, off on a tangent a little bit. But I live on my own. Nobody in this country has a key to my flat right now. And that scares the life out of me because two weeks, well, a week and a half ago, I found out my IFA, Independent Financial Advisor, died in her sleep at 48. And I that literally scared me. And I was like, wait, who is my team? Like, where are they? Why haven't I given a key to anybody else to just be able to come in should anything happen? Or, you know, I don't speak to my sisters every day. I don't speak to all of my friends. There's only one person I connect with every single day. And she's only been in my life like four years, if that, right? So I'm blessed in that sense. Um, but it is like, you know, where, you know, doing this work as a light worker, we are alone. You know, raising the consciousness of the planet, raising the consciousness of our sisters, we are on our own. But one day, it, we won't be on our own. You will have, you have this tribe, you know, they support you. You just yeah. maybe don't see it every day. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I do have them, absolutely. You know, like I've got a soul family and I meet, well, me and you have connected now. We've, you know, we've been in contact in terms of social media here yeah. and there. And we, I think we've met once, not once, so. yeah. Yeah, like last year, year before. But we don't need to be connected every day to know we're there. No. Right? Because we're seeing your work, whatever you're doing, or whenever you get tagged, and it's like, yes, you know. You watch somebody winning, and it's like, yes, because like I said to you, that's my greatest buzz anyway. When I see mm. people doing, like living out, living their dreams or doing, just doing something incredible, there's no competition. There's none mm. of, oh, what's she doing? No, I ain't got time for that. I'm here like, yes, girl, you got this. Keep going, like, keep going. But what I mean by it's sort of a team is I now need people who are going to elevate me to help me get my message out on a global scale 100 percent. that's what i need i need that those now who believe me to to take me to the next level yeah and not always your soul family can do that because soul family are just like your brothers and sisters who just do your day-to-day stuff yes but i now need a solid team of people who are going to go you know what tools there's this gig going on we want you on that stage yeah. i turn that's what I need, right? And you know what? I can't see anything less for you. It It is going to happen. It is going to happen. So, you know, like I said, you know, it's <laughs> like I said, I've come to do this job and I'm still not finished. So something, a question that was asked very recently and I've asked myself was, what are you actually fighting for, T? What makes you wake up every day? So these are the questions I always pose mm-hmm. myself. And then I send it to my friends who are like, what the hell? 7.30 in the morning, why are you sending this? I'm like, why wouldn't you question this at 7.30 in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so my answer that day was actually I'm fighting to stay alive because I'm still not done with what I need to give. I've got so much to give still. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done is when I meet my maker and said, I've used everything you've given me. I've given everything I can. Now I'm done. I literally feel the pitta rising from your belly, the fire rising from your belly right now. I can just feel it in my belly. And I'm like, 
I was fine a minute ago. It's definitely not what I've eaten. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, girl. <laughs> so listen, at what point did you learn to embrace your uniqueness? At what age were you? What was what was going on in your life where you embraced it? Very recent, you know, okay. very, very recent. So I'd say, you know, sort of after my 40s, but I'd say in the last year, mm. Um, I'm 44 this July. Mm. Uh, what are we doing? Okay. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? You're what the are doing? Great something. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. Um, so yeah, 44 this year. But in the last year, is a lot of pennies were dropping and going. Ah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Got it. You know, everything started to make sense. And no fighting. I'm unapologetically me. I will shift people out of my life that serve no purpose I couldn't give a flying toss what the job title is if it's mother father auntie uncle brother sister it means nothing to me those relationships were created on earth they weren't created up there Mm -hmm. there we were just souls as a spirit we're just a soul we're not a title so that means nothing to me so if you're not serving and if you're not of a you know serving of a higher consciousness then I can't be around that there's no good to me Mm. As a projector, very much so. I need my own space. So, like this weekend, I was peopling. So, in the next few days now, it's no no peopling because I need to ground that energy out. I'm very yeah. aware of it. And even as work goes, this is work. Even though it's not paid work, it's work. Yeah. And I now need a few days now. Yeah. And this is and I'm I'm okay with that. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm very aware of that. And so. I because I live like that I won't take on anything that doesn't mean anything to me anymore now Mm. I'm not here to oh let's meet up for a coffee no you bring something to the table and I'm happy to meet you for a coffee but not if it's like oh how's life you don't have time for that time for small talk you know rather nap (laughs) I mean so yeah um or not but you know but like that like I said I need I need profound I need like you and me, if I if I ever saw you in person in terms of we met up, hours will go. Yeah. Because we'll have so much to talk about. We'll be growing. We'll be, you share some things, I'll share. We'll be just growing and growing and buzzing and we'll be left feeling so alive. That's what I want. Yeah. And probably something amazing would come from that as well. Totally. It just we are on the trajectory of brown girls rising, right? Exactly. And the same with this podcast, you know, the amount of, women or whoever's listening to this in fact even men when they'll listen to us women and what what we've go through what we're going through Mm. growing through should I say there's a lot of learning for them too yeah 100 percent. yeah I love that so would you change anything about the lived experiences you've had I know you've kind of answered that earlier with the whole soul contract question but I want to re-ask it again in a different way would you change anything about the lived experiences that you've had great question because every time I do a talk one of the things I always say is would I change any of it the only thing I would change is my height like, <laughs> a little bit and that will be the only thing I would change but other than that nah there's nothing well, to I change. have five foot eight inches you know I've got 173 centimeters I'm sure I can give you a couple thanks I love that because I can't wear heels because of my uh, legs and hips and stuff so yeah. um yeah but you know again even that I don't fight anymore if I go to events now and you know go like what if I wear trainers or whatever I wear and I'm usually like amongst people who are tall 
I don't have an issue anymore because I think before I felt quite insecure yeah. and wear heels and damage my legs and yeah no I'm and just... I guess if your armpit height at least you can smell who's good or not <laughs> no <laughs> and I'm so I'm smell sensitive as well so that's even yeah, worse me too, me too. Oh. really smell sensitive oh my god so is there <laughs> anything missing from your life right now so nothing missing uh everything's meticulous but you know I think now like I think something you mentioned earlier you know being single and stuff I think now I would like to meet someone but it's not a case of let's go on dating apps and things like that for me I know he's on his way yeah and the person I'm meeting is going to literally be me because that's what I need you know I need a yeah. mirror yeah um, and he'll have done the work he'll have done everything I've done he'll be fierce and you know very uh, uh strong and he'd have to be he'd yeah. have to be. you know yeah. can't be no wallflower that's for sure and I'm not here to settle so that's one thing and like I've always said rejection is redirection every time I got rejected from these past relationships of course they were toxic and they were gross mm-hmm. but at the time it's like oh come on when are you going to give me my break but it's because I was never meant to settle no. and I'm not here for yes sir no sir three bags full. it's not in not in my not in no, my watch not at all your and guy I'm- is leveling up right he's leveling up he's doing his own soul absolutely. journey and you're going to meet at a point where you're both like, absolutely so ready Absolutely. And I know it's going to be like, I've always said he's my fantasy man because, you know, there's a, there's a Disney Bollywood version of a, you know, romance, (laughs) but this fantasy man that I've got is going to be that. And it's not because my fantasy man doesn't have a look because I'm not bothered. Yeah. It's the energy he's going to bring because he'll have to be, to be next to someone like me, you've got to be able to stand your own, you know, I'm not prepared to change any of me now to fit in because I'm not here to fit in and we're just gonna be two independent free spirit souls traveling this plane but together and and that's what I've waited for oh my god I love that that sounds beautiful to me that's what I want can I have one too (laughs) yeah and that's just it that only comes when you fully accept who you are because you know that cliche love yourself before you meet someone that's all great but where we're so desperate to meet people and thinking love is external, that's where we're missold the Disney package. Oh, 100%. 100%. Right? It's not the rolling down the hills and with your hair perfect in a white sari. It's really not that. Nope. Um, not it's a lot of work. And like I said, he's doing the work. I've done work. And we're going to meet. And you know what? I'm never going to have to teach him how to look after me. He will know. He will just know. I love that. He will just know. That's beautiful. So I have one more ask for you tonight before we finish up. Have you got one tip for our listeners to guide them towards their highest self? One tip. One tip would be, well, it's not even a tip. It's just basically the answers are all within. Mm. And to seek externally is where we're all misguided, right? If you tap into what do you really want, like connect to your heart, your heart is the only GPS that will never let you down. Never. Try it. Try it. Let your heart guide you. Because we've all been brainwashed to use your mind, use your mind, think, think. No. Mind over matter. Feel. Yes. Feel. 
your heart, your soul, that's the GPS. Trust yourself. That's wow. it. Filthy with the mic drop right there. <laughs> I love it. So Thilsi, how do people get in contact with you? Should they want to reach out? Should they want to, should they want you on stage? Should they want you on a global platform? How do they get in contact with you? Yes. Yeah, so I'm on um, Instagram, Thilsi Divine 108. Um, I am on LinkedIn, but uh, do excuse me. I'm a rubbish LinkedIn user. <laughs> um, I'm on Facebook, Thilsi Vagjani. Um, but yeah, I've got a website, www.thilsivagjani.com. And yeah, so you can find me any, any of those incredible well thank you so much for your time tonight you? I genuinely loved this conversation I'm so grateful that we were able to go into the more spiritual realm and who you are now and what you're you know what you're on this planet for it, it I, for me it filled my soul so thank oh, you thank so much you. no thank you for having me thank you you are more than welcome so guys remember to follow Dulcie at Dulcie Divine 108 and uh, also remember to follow me on Unlimited Urvashi or browngirl.rising on Instagram. And don't forget to book in for your free clarity call because I am taking one-on-one clients at the moment. So I will leave you until the next podcast. We are out. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it as inspiring as I did and have some incredible takeaways to help you in your life. Now, if you're ready to live your purpose and empower those around you and become just as inspiring as the women that I speak to on this podcast, then this is your chance to work with me one-to-one. I am taking applicants for one-to-one clients now and all you have to do is book a call with me. The Path to Purpose call is completely free and 30 minutes long and in that call we will help you get to a point where you know what your purpose is. So the link to the call or the link to book the call is in my bio. So I hope to speak to you soon and I'll see you on the next podcast.